Ladies and gentlemen of Bearcat Nation, you have been lied to, and you've been lied to by the individuals. Those in the mainstream media are most responsible. They claim that the current environment has created a problem, a problem that absolves all who must participate in it from bearing any responsibility, any at all. People on Twitter, they question your sanity. They call you a hack. It's a tactic and a well-worn one. One thinks it's real and it won't work with this show. We're not beholden to access. We will not be silenced. We will tell it as we see it. We won't lie to you. No, we won't do that. We will always tell you how we feel. Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Not doing it today, man. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I'm not doing it. Come on. Nope. Come on, do it. Not today. Not happening. <laughs> well, folks. Things have clearly gone off the reservation in Bearcat land because Hummer has refused to say it is a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat sports fan. And you know what? The guy's right. It's not. It is not a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. Things got ugly today, Hummer. And I don't know exactly where this episode is going to go. Both of us are feeling. I don't actually think we're feeling as personally emotional about this because if you've listened to the podcast now for the past however many weeks you know we've been trending more concerned and more skeptical and more you know questioning about where the future of this program was heading and there are there are many reasons for that they include the the play on the court they include the turmoil in terms of roster and Maybe I should have said turnover of the roster. And they include a coach who, frankly, you know, has made a lot of excuses and has seemed to be aloof to the lack of uh, his of personal responsibility for the mess that we're currently in. So where, where do we start, Hummer? I mean, I think the first thing I probably should say is that today is March 16th when we record this. And the Bearcat program, Cincinnati Bearcat basketball program, has seen over the past 24-ish hours, Gabe Madsen, Mike Saunders Jr., Zach Harvey, Mamadou Diara, Mamadou Diara, and the kicker, Tari Eason. All five players have hit the transfer portal and will not be returning to the University of Cincinnati next season. I'm, I'm very suspicious uh, about your, your order there. Um, I, pro- I personally would have ordered it in terms of uh, it was in, in chronological order because it started off with Gabe, which everybody's like chronological order. That was chronological you, you, order. You got, you got one out of there. You, you went, I guess it technically was, it was, <laughs> it was technically chronological. order. I guess, I guess I'm talking about, I would have, I would have layered it a little different just to hit the, uh, the notes, the, the heartstrings here, because when Gabe happened, here's, here's what's irritating me about today. You have Gabe transfer last night or yesterday. Whether it was last night, yesterday, it doesn't matter the time when he did. It was yesterday, and then and then immediately after him, you had uh, 
well, not immediately the next day. He had my, Let's he just had, say they, like, they went junior. portal. They went portal. They went portal, whatever. They went portal. Gabe does it. Here's what irritates me. People wrote it off like, oh, not a big deal. He didn't play last year. Um, guys, guys basically a red shirt this year. Um, essentially, it's what he did. He got a chance to hit the gym, bulk up maybe a little bit, maybe on his own probably because probably couldn't have, be a part of team activities or something with COVID. I don't know. Either way, he was also the higher rated recruit between him and his brother, and we saw what his brother did this year. Everybody's excited about him as part of the core. But all of a sudden, you want to write Gabe off as if that's not a big deal. Okay, whatever. Uh, next, this morning we wake up. I think it's 9.15 in the morning in which productivity for every Bearcat fan went from you know 105% because we had to make up for the lack of what happened the rest of the day down to like a solid zero for at least three hours while we were all determining what the heck's happening next. Mike Saunders Jr. hits the portal. We're freaked out. We're worried about it because, frankly, that's one that wasn't really on the radar. Uh, even when we went back to our podcast on the 22nd where we kind of laid all this this scenario, this doomed stay scenario out with B-Fox, Mike Saunders Jr. was not on the docket uh, as one that was we were necessarily worried about. And but- if I can quickly interrupt, and Mike Saunders Jr. goes back to seventh grade with John Brannon. And he is the player who had a closer relationship to John Brannon and was a bigger advocate for John Brannon coming into his career with UC than any other recruit. I mean, this was a, a, a home run sure thing four year Bearcat and poof, he's gone. Now, Mamadou Diara, I'm actually going to give, I'm going to give John Brannon a pass on Mamadou. It's not a guy he recruited. Uh, we get he's a senior night. You know, he was technically a senior at the University of Cincinnati, even though he was a junior in terms of eligibility. I'll give him the pass on Mamadou because it doesn't really matter because we get to the next one, and it's, it's Hari Eason, the future, the best player in terms of talent, the best, term, best player in terms of prospects, more than likely is an NBA prospect. The next Bearcat NBA player, in my right. opinion. And he is now in the portal. There's rumors that, you know what, let's not even talk about the rumors today. We're not going to talk about them, but there are rumors that there's maybe one more, or I don't know, I don't even know if it's one more, but there's, there is rumors that there may be more, more damage to come here. Uh, as we speak right now, we, that has not happened. Uh, but that leaves us with David DeJulius, Davenport, Victor, and my, uh, Mike Adams-Woods, Mason Madsen, and the forever Bearcat in my heart, Robin the Banks, Rob Banks. Uh, but what's really <laughs> irritating me about it, and if you are if you stuck past the intro, I'm going to get into it. I'm also irritated with how the, the mainstream media is actually portraying this whole thing. And when I say mainstream media, I'm literally talking about WLW. I'm talking about ESPN. So more specifically, Mo Egger, um, talking about Lance McAllister, maybe even a little bit of, of Chad. It's almost like they're gaslighting the whole situation and not wanting to take into account that we have now have firsthand whether, and I don't actually agree with the way this information was leaked uh, through a, a DM off of Instagram, you know, because we, we engage in DMs with people. Don't get us wrong, but that's always confidential. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be leaking that stuff. But it's been it's been pretty much confirmed that John Brandon was the deciding factor between Mike Saunders Jr. leaving the program. We also have uh, we also have firsthand testimony from not us. Just go to Instagram. It's public. It was publicly available for however long stories are available. Technically, he, he does have a private account. Technically, so J- if you if you had been approved as a follower of Jaron Cumberland, you would have seen that Jaron Cumberland 
it, uh, it not got a out. John Brandon. It got out. It doesn't matter. It got out. It got out. It was put out there. But yes, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but then we've also had, and this is where we're not going to get into that, who they were, because they didn't tell us that we could say who they were. There's other players out there who have accounts that John Brandon is not a pleasant coach to play for. I'm sick of them not wanting to address that and just saying, well, I think there's some player chemistry. And they're being very vague about it. And they're skipping right over it and they're going straight to, well, it's a very challenging year because of the portal rules. It's a very challenging year for the portal 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 rules. And to me, that's a a bullshit excuse. That's what it is. It's a bullshit excuse, and it's bullshit in the sense that we we have an idea of what it is. But when we look at the players who transferred, these are guys, and I know you're going to want to hit on this. These are guys who transferred because. Why? Because they had all the playing time in the world here. These were guys who were going to be, well, at least one of them, Tari Eason, was a starter next year. He And they're going for unknown elsewhere. They're willing to say, they're willing to take the risk and say, I'm willing to go to the unknown than to stay here and play with you for another second. In, in the case of Mike Saunders Jr. and Tari Eason in particular, these are two freshmen who have stolen the hearts of Bearcat fans. Everybody loved what they did on the court this season and what they project out to do over the rest of their career. And with that, that equity they've built up at the fan base and with the, I mean, most obvious playing time they're going to get, they, these are going to be key contributors on this team you know, they're the big three with Jeremiah Davenport going forward. Despite that, despite the unknown waters of the transfer portal, they're walking away. And that is the biggest indictment of what John Brandon has created here at UC. The culture is broken. The culture is toxic. And there are people, and this is what you were alluding to, there's a lot of the fan base that did not see this coming at all. They were, they were aloof to it. They did, not, they did not know that there was potential of a mass exodus. And regrettably, this was a reality that you could see coming weeks in advance. And we talked about it here on the podcast, Hummer, and I, we're not in the business of tooting our own horn on this stuff, but I think we have to, we have to point out that we are reality-based here. And we were assessing the situation for exactly what it was. It's not normal to see the type of roster turnover we have seen over the past two seasons. It's simply not normal. It's simply not normal to have guys opting out and then opting back in. It's not normal for a coach to just dismiss a player who opted out, who recently had a baby as not earth shattering. It's just these things were all adding up and you could see it on the court. You could see the lack of chemistry, like not the lack of chemistry necessarily, but a coach that wasn't getting through to his players. You could see a team that struggled with turnovers consistently. You could see the way he treated the star player, three-year stud, reigning you know, American Athletic Conference Player of the Year. You still want to say MVP, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, our Jaron Cumberland, same man. difference, yeah. Yeah, the guy, you know, getting the people. Coach Jaron Cumberland. Let, let's let's touch on this for a second before we before we move on. Here's here's the other thing that's like it kind of irritates or irks you when you look back on it. Jaron Cumberland, reigning conference player of the year. You come in, and he 
not even in conversation for, for conference player of the year, his senior year. And the way he's talked about at times in the media and the way we're led to believe that he's just some lazy bum, not taking, you know, taking his role serious and, you know, like, Oh, he doesn't want to practice hard because that's the way, you know, he was able to do get away with, with Mick. And it's almost like taking his reputation and running it through the mud. When you're talking about what is one of the greatest, you know, I don't know, where are you putting Jaron Cumberland in the top, top 20, top 25, top 15, all time yeah, great. Jaron Cumberland is flirting with like top 15, top 20 Bearcats of all time. And, and, he's, and he's what he was, he was almost, he, wasn't there a chance that he could have been all time scorer had he averaged like 18 points? Not a game all time. Like he couldn't have been all time because Oscar Robertson's run away with that forever. Um, but he could have been, and he did it in three years, by the way. Uh, but real. he could have been, he was flirting with potentially challenging Sean Kilpatrick for number two. Um, Fair enough, right? Enough. John, that. John Brandon allowed Jaron Cumberland's reputation to be dragged through the mud all of last season to the benefit of himself. That's why he did it so that he wouldn't be feeling the pressure of, of the underperformance that was last, last season. So that Jaron Cumberland, a player, a player who had done great things and accomplished great things with this program and won championships with this program. He wanted him to take the hit instead of John Brandon himself because he wasn't getting it done. Um, what I was building to Hummer is the fact that, and you were, this is what you were alluding to. I think we just need to really hammer it home. It's a John Brandon should have been challenged a lot more about what was happening behind the scenes. This shouldn't all be coming out today and surprising people to this level. It's really, it's, it's something that I think local media does need to look at itself in the mirror about and say, yes, access is important. And these coaches do have a lot of power in terms of not giving you access to player interviews and these pieces that you want to write and, you know, and, and people do deserve the benefit of the doubt to an extent, but when, when questions and, and, and concerns of this nature are staring us in the face through opt-outs, through transfers, through Justin knowing, Justin Williams of The Athletic reporting on a players-only meeting and a disconnect between players and coaches. We need to be knowing more about that. There needs to be more pushback about this. He needs to be held more accountable in press conferences to answering the tough questions about what's happening with this program. Cause here we are now heading into the 21, 22 season with, you know, a handful of scholarship players and it could, and it could decrease. Before I let you go any further, because we're talking about hypotheticals of what he needs to do in the future. I got to stop you and say, what does the university need to do for the future? Because we've been building to this, and, and we, we even said it, we said this on Sunday night. We have not said this yet, or I have not said this yet. If you feel the same way, you tell me if you feel the same way. Uh, the university, in my opinion, we have until March 31st, where the university could potentially save $500,000 if they fire John Brandon on April 1st. You have two weeks starting today to run an internal investigation on why one, two, three, I'm going to say four. I know Diara is on that list, so it's technically five. But I'll throw five with an asterisk because Diara, I I, I don't know. I just feel like he. Oh well, yeah, I, for him. I, I know. I know what you're saying with. You Diara, know what I'm saying. Right? But no, 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 let me let me. Explain. Me I, I, what I'm hearing with Diara is that, you know, he's a guy who had a natural roadblock in his way, right? Like Chris Vote 
had established himself as the go-to option at the five. There was no room for a guy like Diara to get more minutes because Chris Vote was was dominating. So you know, want, not dominating, saying, but like you're saying include you're saying include him in the list. that position. Take, you're saying take the asterisks off, include him in it's five players who have departed. Of course the he program. should be included. Of course Fine. he should be included. Then let's do it. Five players within 48 hours have declared their intention to enter the transfer portal. We knew two of them. One of them was a major surprise. One of them was alluded to back on February 22nd in terms of Tari Eason. There needs to be an internal investigation as to why. Because if it is coming up that John Brandon is bullying these players or he's coming out and being, you know, uh, verbally abusive or something, or, and I'm not trying to accuse him of anything. That's why I said there needs to be an investigation and they need to figure out what the root cause is because there's some stuff that we have heard from our sources that it's almost like a psychological warfare within the department of saying, well, this person is, is not good enough to play at this level. And then, well, this player, and then telling another player, well, this player isn't good enough, or this player is not a good leader and pitting the players against one another. Basically what we don't know is what is the definition of a fireable offense uh, because there's two ways to fire John Brandon right now. And one of them is for cause. And one of them is without cause without cause is going to take probably more than likely push from the boosters and big donors to 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 basically buy out the remaining portion of his contract at 75%, and then whatever fees and penalties come with that. And if it's for cause on March 31st, that penalty will drop from $2 million to $1.5. Um, I am a calling for John Brandon's head. This is unacceptable. Uh, basically, this this sets the program back. This sets this sets a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Because all of a sudden, for everybody who was so excited about the core, which honestly you have to be, I give you all the credit in the world for being excited watching SMU in Wichita. Looked amazing, looked exciting. It was fun, and we were getting excited. It was fun. We did an we did an Instagram halfway uh, half or uh, post game, just ecstatic dancing over the moon, and then seeing what this team could accomplish if you kept that core. Last podcast we said John Brand's number one thing to do was to keep the core. He didn't keep any of the core. Sorry, he didn't keep the core of the core. <laughs> he didn't keep Tari Eason, <laughs> right? He didn't keep Tari Eason. He didn't keep Mike Saunders Jr. They're 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 in the transport. They're gone, and that's unacceptable. So because of that, John Brandon should be on the hot seat. And if he's not, if you're out there and you're saying that John Brandon is doing everything right, then you know what? I want the drugs that you're taking. <laughs> I want you to explain it to me, honestly. I want if you're someone who is still believing in this, in this coaching staff and John Brandon in particular. And you're saying, you know what? I mean, I'm in on John Brandon and I'm in it for the long haul. These don't guys, do it on Twitter. I want you to send me a, th- I want you to send me an essay send report, do an send email, us a- send us a, send me a well thought out email. And because 140 characters isn't enough. And I'm not going to go back and forth with you guys anymore. Coomer, you put a great thread out there about everything from top to bottom. Enough said. Culminating with the the walk off on the court, and for anybody who's defending him on that, shame on you. Go. You want us to post the whole video? It was 14 seconds left. Four seconds before that, he was shaking Kelvin Sampson's hand, congratulating him on a championship, and then he headed towards the tunnel. Get out of here. You had his players sulking on the sideline, towels over their head, crying with assistant coaches out there, and your general, your head coach, your leader is walking towards the fucking tunnel. <laughs> we should we should all we should all be upset by this. At a minimum, 
Our athletic department needs to be exhausting all options at this point. They should be meeting still. Right now, as we record this, it's 11.07 p.m. Our athletic department should still be thinking and think, doing the research on what options are actually at our disposal. How much money do we need? The investigation you alluded to. Absolutely. These are John Brandon recruits who are leaving after one year. Mike Saunders, Tari Eason, Zach Harvey, Gabe Madsen. These are guys he recruited and they got here and it was, it was completely untenable for them. Gabe Madsen lasted like three games and said, whoa, I am out this bitch. You know, like that. this is completely, <laughs> um, it, it's hard. It, it's hard days, to be positive. I know, ago, I know people ago, though, real quick, three days ago, all we were hearing was the future is bright. The future is bright. The future is bright. That was, it was something like, it was a thing of nightmares for me where the, the words are just flashing before my eyes and I'm hearing it in my head, and I'm wondering, why is everyone saying this? Are, are you? The, are is, we insane? Are we the? Are we? Are the we am I crazy? Here? Am I crazy? Why are we saying? Why are we so certain the future is bright? And this is why we never went there. You could see it coming. Why did people? Why were people so naive to think that this couldn't happen, and that this wouldn't happen, and that these opt-outs meant nothing? And that we're just going to blindly blame it on COVID and, and chalk it up to mental health. Guys, the mental health problem, the reason these guys were opting out was they couldn't stand playing for this guy. He has an unhealthy, toxic culture at the basketball team. And it's obvious. It's apparent through the transfers. It's apparent through the opt-outs. He's lost his entire 2020 recruiting class as of today, as of right now, excluding Victor Lockton, who's redshirting, and Mason Madsen, who has a little asterisk by his name because we don't know what's going to come tomorrow. And that's the sad part here. Here's the thing. It's a freaking roller coaster. We, you don't know what's going on. You have this happening, and it's, it's sickening. And then at the same time, I think what it is, and I think what you're alluding to, what you're talking about with all these – you know, I'm overly optimistic. It's because you have this media narrative that they can't say anything wrong or God forbid they lose the cash cow, which is, which is the access to the program or they get called out by, by the head coach on in a, in a press conference or when they're asking questions, they don't get called on. So they have to play nice in a sense. So they can't go to these extremes. You know, they can't, you, you, I don't think I've heard one time I was listening to the whole radio show today. They're talking about basically something unprecedented, and they're blaming it all on COVID. They're blaming it on the transfer portal of all these players leaving. And then I think it was Justin Williams on this morning with Mo Egger. I think it what it was. I tuned in for that, and Justin did allude. I don't even think he alluded. He basically said there's some discontent between players and coaches. I think those were the words he said, but he didn't get into specifics. Details. He hadn't he hadn't yeah. pinned it down yet. He wasn't comfortable fully reporting it. Although I got to I got to admit, we had heard for hours upon hours at that point that that Tari Eason was next. This wasn't a mystery. A lot yeah, of people we, thought had we it. heard that we we heard that what around eleven a.m. Something like that. Like it wasn't something that was kind of drawn out. So even then, Justin wasn't comfortable reporting it. I thought that the we Lance weren't either. Was, for all for, for all fairness, we weren't either. We didn't. We were silent on it until Tari. And a, a source made it official, like because, and I agree that that's fine. Well, My Lance McAllister, is, his his questioning of Chad Brendel later in the day was pretty like it was weak, wildly 
irresponsible. They didn't even mention, and as they were on that live on the air, that's when the Tari news broke, and no one stopped the broadcast to be like, hey, ho, 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 guys, biggest news of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Breaking news, Tari Eason enters transfer portal. No one does that. They let them, they, like, come on, guys. The major, the major story to come from today is not, wow, that transfer portal, huh? Pretty crazy. No, that's not the big story. The big story is, what does this mean for John Brandon? What does UC do with John Brandon? He's not retaining players. They just finished 12 and 11. Do they got to consider taking serious action? That's the, that's the questioning. You don't talk about, Oh, that, that transfer portal is a heck of a thing, isn't it? No, no sitting out this year. No, that's not what's happening here, guys. The coach is a problem. The coach has dropped the ball. He hasn't gotten it done. He hasn't gotten it done on the court. And now off the court's even worse. It sucks that you don't want to leave it on such a, a negative ending. Um but honestly, it's it's tough to say because here here's where here's who I feel bad for. Here are the guys that I feel bad for. And once again, we don't know what they're going to do, and I don't blame them for any. Here's the thing: I have zero anger, zero frustration with any of the players. I fully support every single player's decision. We truly don't even know what they actually went through and how bad it truly was for them. I support all of their decisions and I wish them nothing but the best in their future endeavors. If David DeJulius decides that he's going to stay with Cincinnati, fantastic. I'm happy. I would love him to stay and, and be a Bearcat. I think it, he has to. He would actually have to sit out a year if he transferred because he's already transferred once. Fair enough. But Jeremiah Davenport, same thing. If he decides to stay, love to have Jeremiah Davenport return. Would love to. I don't want to see him go. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely, man. Victor, please Victor, stop. I, I saw. Stop I the transfer. Stop the. Stop the press. Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. One hundred percent. I'm in. Um, but what I'm curious of, or what what I'm, I don't even know if I'm. I don't know. I don't know what I'm scared of anymore because the worst, the worst is already here. This is the nightmare scenario. Scenario we talked about. Where I'm at right now is, we are now going into this period of uncertainty. We don't know what we're going to do. John Cunningham has proven so far up until this point to go back to your terminology, average at best athletic director. Is he going to take, is he going to take this situation by, by the horns? We haven't heard a single peep out of the university about this. Is this, they just hoping it's a 24 hour news cycle. That nah, we're going to I, up? I think if anything, um, we're, we're going to a place of, it could be it could be a good sign, right? Like I don't think they're going to be out and about talking about it. I think they are making moves. You think they're the making? Scenes. You think they're making their decision? They, they would have to be. They're not going to tell us every step. We're just going to have they're to talking see to boosters. You have to Hummer. You have to do everything at this All right, point. Actually, do you think the boosters are talking to John Cunningham? I hope it's both. And if and if social media has any read on the situation, um, I hope there's prop. You know, I think actually tomorrow it's going to be even more mainstream what's happened because Tari Eason's news is going to go even, even more bananas, but every single option should be explored at this point. This is, this is unacceptable. It's the worst case of worst case scenarios. When we were talking about how things were trending and our concern about players, you know, transferring, this is doomsday. 
This is absolutely doomsday stuff. We're in the American Athletic Conference. If we hang on to this guy much longer, who knows how much worse it can get. We just You have to take it seriously, and you have to act in the best interest of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. On another note, you know, we, we apparently had some horrendously embarrassing takes on at Coach Brannon. Thoughts on that right now? More embarrassing <laughs> or did. sad? Which is it? Name your source or admit you were spouting rumors. Either of the above are fine. Uh, Michael Daniele, I will pr- I will take your apology. Uh, B Fox will take your at Bearcast Radio will take your apology. Cincy Slang will take your apology. Uh, we'll we'll take that in either a tweet. We'll take it in an email. If you send it an email, though, be known it will be read on this podcast. So be, be careful what you say. Um, Look, we don't spout rumors on this podcast. Everything that we say, we have a source behind. Just because we're not willing to admit our sources doesn't mean we don't have them. And then we we do I said this in the beginning. We're gonna see what we see and we're gonna say we're gonna tell it like it is. We're not here to just to try to get clicks and views. I we genuinely love this program. That's why we started doing this. I'm very, very scared. I'm f- terrified about what the future holds for this program. Like Holy. I'm Hold yeah, me. like seriously, hold me because it's not looking good. <laughs> like I don't want to, I don't want to see this program. I don't want to see the Bearcats not in the NCAA tournament. I and I especially don't want to see it for an extended period of time. And the way it's looking right now is next year is not going to happen. We just lost the core that everybody was so optimistic about, and we're going to replace that with with how many home runs of of the transfer portal to make this right. So, like I said. I'll take that apology. We'll take it whenever. Uh, anybody else on the on the BCJ message boards? We're not even on that website, by the way. Just so you guys know, love them to death, though. Don't get me wrong. I do use the recruiting stuff, but we don't. I don't subscribe. You want to know why? Because I want my own freaking opinion. I don't want my opinions tainted by other people who are who are doing their job. Because Chad does have great takes, right? He has and he does a great job. They do a good job of reporting it at times. Sometimes they it's their access that, that stops them from being, you know, transcendent in the industry. And I don't want, I don't need their opinion to form my own opinion. We form our own opinions by watching the games and we form our own opinions by honestly, we talk to people, we talk to people behind the scenes. It's what we do. Yeah. The great thing about this podcast timer is that, you know, fortunately people we've built up some trust with some people who know things. And, uh, I suspect that will increase and continue as time goes on. It's not the reason we do things. I will remind people that when we started this podcast, one of the first things you did was put John Brandon in the hall of fame. So let's, let's, let's actually let's address that because, um, I guess we, there's a bet here. There has to be a bet, and I guess the bet is, what is it? If John Brandon makes it past, should I just give you an extra season just for fun and be like, if John Brandon makes it to his fourth, his fourth season, I will get a. I don't think what is it. Bet. I think we need a punishment. I think you should be punished for your take. Should I, I have you- to? Give, should I have to make a John Brandon Hall of Fame shirt? Yeah, we should do it. You should do it in a way where it's kind of funny. Like you should have to do an episode on edibles or something. Like you just have to, you know, <laughs> record okay. a podcast that goes out to everybody, but you're on edibles and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I've never done edibles in my life. Uh, definitely never done edibles in my life. 
So I, I don't know what you're talking about there, but no, I like where you're going with that. I like where you're going with that. Um, okay. Anyway, Hummer, let's leave it there. There's really, what we'll do. there's not much to say. Um, it just had to be talked about and stay brave. Bearcat fans. This is not fun for any of us. I, I Look, hope, if, I if hope we want, keep the rest. If you want something to take away, if you want to be positive, if you want to turn this energy around and you, you don't want to be negative anymore, we have at the University of Cincinnati one of the greatest coaches in the country on our football team, Coach Luke Fickle, and we're getting ready to start some spring football. There's plenty to be excited about on that side of the athletic department. And there is nothing at this very moment in time that would even smell of negativity over there. Uh, Beautiful. We're excited about it. When it comes out, we're going to come hard on it. We're going to bring the positive, upbeat, raw energy when it comes to football. And we're going to see how the basketball thing plays out. Uh, This is exhausting. I'm exhausted from what's been happening. I got right? nothing done today. No work. I was a terrible dad. I wasn't even, it's not even exciting. You're, you're sitting here with a pit in your stomach of like. It's the worst. I'm worried that the Bearcat basketball team is going to be irrelevant for like three, five, three to five years now. This is awful. It's was, terrible. I mean, it feels horrible. What is, what is Bob Huggins' buyout at West Virginia? <laughs> Before we wrap it up, we, this was, we, we talked about this earlier, a serious question about um, coaches, who would we bring in in the hypothetical world? Uh, hang on, though. I, I, JT asked us that question. We were on JT's podcast. Check it out. I'm not ready to go there, though, until no, I, just I go know we actually thing. can replace the guy. Like, I, I want to go with one thing. Everybody, th- everybody think about this because as I was on Rick Pitino, I was on Rick Pitino camp. I did look up his buyout. Ten million till the end of the season. It's five million after the season. If we were to even at the sniff at the feet of Rick Pitino, uh, you're going to have to throw five million at the buyout. You're going to have to throw in if John Brandon is not for cause. I think it's at least four and a half million for for him total to, to get out of the contract. And if I'm wrong on that, that's fine. Uh, so you're talking at least eight to ten million dollars to replace John Brand with Rupertino just in year one before salary. I do think that is completely out of the question for us. We couldn't even afford an eight million dollar locker renovation. Um yeah so, so be be realistic guys. Be right? realistic. Uh Cam Chancellor anybody, Cam if, Chancellor for, for if a anybody coach? if anybody is out there, I've been seeing this whole I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's a rumor. I don't know if it's fake news, whatever it is. Do you actually have to have a college degree to be a basketball coach at the University of Cincinnati? If someone could, for the love of God, please find that out 100%. I'm pretty sure the University of Cincinnati does not want to talk to Coomer and I. Um, So call them, ask them, ask them what the requirements are. What's the job posting like? Do they put that on Indeed? Is it on LinkedIn? Um, Where do we find the requirements for that? Because I want to know if that's true or not. Uh, because I know we did have a big pushback and a big, uh, from, from former players, a, a big fuss over the, the process that Nick Van Exel wasn't even interviewed. 
And if that, in fact, is an actual requirement, uh, will an honorary degree suffice in order to make him eligible for at least an interview? Check us out on Twitter at Cincy Slangin. Follow us on Facebook at Cincy Slangin Pod. Our website is currently under construction because we were too cheap to purchase the actual editing software, which we are rectifying. But that website is www.cincyslangin.com. We appreciate your support. We will get through this as fans. We'll get through this together the same way the players got through SMU in Wichita. We will only do this by being fans together. Have a nice day, everybody.